Writing well is the pursuit of a lifetime. You may be at mile marker one of this wonderful life journey and thinking for the first time about embracing the life of a writer. Or maybe you're further along and ready to publish some of your ideas. I'm Melissa Parks with Dave Getz, and we are fellow travelers on this extended road trip to improve our writing and publish our ideas. We hope this podcast helps you make progress on your writing journey. Now, let's buckle up and write. You can hire a coach for just about anything. You have coaches for your personal life, life coaches, for your health, health coaches or personal trainers, or for your career, to name a few. There are other kinds as well. You want to build your small business? Hire a small business coach. You want to grow your social media platform and influence? Hire a social media coach. You want to train for a marathon? Hire a running coach. Want to develop as a writer? Hire a writing coach. The past two decades, Dave and I have coached many writers, some informally, some formally. When we coach writers, it's usually because they are stuck at the idea formation stage, in the structuring phase, maybe even in the writing of the book or the article, or in the pitching of their idea. Sometimes they even need some coaching on the publishing process. They simply don't know how to move forward. A coach can help you make progress, but first you should consider what kind of coach you need, what a coach can and can't do for you, and if it's worth the investment. Dave and I are here to discuss all of this and more. Well, let's dig in. Let's first just talk about what a writing coach is. Well, that's a really good question. I think it's someone who is involved in the direction instruction or training of a team of people or an individual. And I think what's really important about that is that instructional piece, I think, because it, it conveys an expertise. And if you think of coaches, even like in sporting situations, maybe growing up, you played a sports, they offer customized learning experiences or they tailor the coaching towards your needs. So you think about maybe your batting game when you were little. I played softball when I was little. But I remember going to batting practice, right? And the Absolutely. coach working on my swing and keeping how, that elbow up. Right, right. And how to anticipate the fastball, whatever. So really coaching is about being tailored to your specific needs and where you need to grow as an individual, whatever area you want to grow in. I really like those words, custom and tailored. And those are just a great way to describe a coach's specific focus on the needs of the individual. It's not general, it's specific. And you'll hear a bias from me throughout this podcast. I really am annoyed about coaches who are working with writers who are, in a sense, cheerleaders. Come on, <laughs> try harder. You can do it. But there's no specific editorial or publishing expertise. In the introduction, I talked about the scenarios in which writers have come to us for coaching, and really it does run the gamut, right? Some people come with to us when they have an idea, but it's not fully formed, and they want some help developing the idea and subsequently the thesis, and then sometimes they need help with the structure. They have this thesis and all of this content that they've kind of 
put in documents, but they have no idea how to create a narrative arc from it and to structure it around the big idea. And some people, they need help with how to promote it. So people come to us for a variety of reasons, and we listen to what their needs are. And then we specifically tailor or customize our coaching to that. And they usually come with a specific goal in mind. Do you have any examples that come to the top of your mind, Dave? I'm thinking of someone who came to us recently who wants to write a memoir. And we helped him put together a book proposal. He wanted to pitch an agent or agents. And so he was a good writer, had written before, had a history of writing but had never done a book proposal. And so we had specific coaching sessions around putting together that book proposal. We've done that a thousand times. I've done it for myself, professional, you know, as a writer myself. You've done it for different articles and right. different things that you've written on. So we helped him put together this book proposal. Right, and it was really one of those instances where he had spoken with a literary agent and the literary agent said, you need a book proposal. And so he didn't really know what that meant. He had a general idea. You can Google it, right? Right. But th to actually put it together and to figure out what you're going to be putting in that proposal, <laughs> in that template that you can find online is, is a really difficult process. And often you need somebody with expertise, like you said, Dave, but also who can help you dig deeper for the things that maybe you're overlooking. There's that line, and it just struck me as you were talking, that... that agents and book and editors at publishing houses don't look at writing so much. They look at your book proposals because right. they want to see right. what's your hook, who's your audience, do you have a platform, all those things that go into publishing today. So the second point that I want to make is that a writing coach isn't an editor. They are a coach. And I think so many times when people engage writing coaches, they think that they're getting an editor. They're going to get somebody who's going to go in and actually look at their sentence structure and they're going to give a, a line edit or a red line like we like to call it and say, you know, this doesn't work here, move this around. And it's in many ways they're looking for a developmental editor. That's right. And there is a piece of that in coaching where, for example, we might say, you know, you're working on this book proposal, but your thesis isn't clear. Is that what you really want to say? But the coach is not actually writing your thesis. And, and we have tools in our coaching to help people develop, for example, their thesis. But you're not getting, a coach is not doing that for you. They probably aren't even going to do that final copy edit for you, right? I mean, that's not what they're, they're hired to do. Maybe you can build that into the agreement if they have some expertise in that. But don't expect them to be your editor. So let's talk about the different types of editing. There's developmental editing, which we were talking about, you mentioned. Yeah. There's line editing. There's copy editing, which is something that you would do right before you send it, let's say, to a publisher. So yes, that would be a separate agreement if you were hiring a writing coach. And just because you have a, a good writing coach doesn't mean necessarily that he or she can do, the, do those, those core functions. This is also another great point to make, Dave, is that if you're going to be hiring a writing coach, you do want somebody with editorial background. Somebody who's done it before, someone who has experience in editorial, and it's not just someone with an English degree who said, you know what, I'd really, this could be a good <laughs> business for me. This is, has to be someone who has history, who has experience, who knows a good idea from a bad idea who knows how to sharpen a thesis, 
who knows structure, who can read these things and, and make recommendations, or else the coaching, at least for a, a writing coach, is not valuable. So when we look ahead at establishing a relationship with a coach and say this is something that interests you, what should you expect from a coach? We already talked about don't expect the editing necessarily, but what else, what else should you do to set some expectations with a coach? I think it gets back to our phrase, what is an effective coach? And I think at the, at the start, there is this sense of expectations that are mapped out. And you as a writer need to know, what is it that I want from this? If you secretly want the name of a book agent, and that's why you're engaging this coach, but you're not telling your coach that that's what you secretly want, that's going to make you feel like you didn't get what you want if at the end of the engagement you didn't get the name of a book agent or an editor at a publishing house. And I know that we start out all of our relationships with a Zoom call before any agreement is signed because we want to see if there's chemistry between us and the writer and we want to share our process with them and see how that works for them. We're very clear up front that we're, we're not editors. We're not doing the work for them. We're going to give them some activities between our sessions to work on or some goals. We're going to help them set some goals. So the next time they come back with us, they'll have done something and the next session will be productive. If you are vetting a coach, it would be a great idea to get on a Zoom call for with them if you can't meet them in person and just see if there's chemistry there for one, and to really ask good questions about what their process is like and if it's a good fit for you. Do you have a process? And do you have tools to help me with the specific things that I need help with? And writers come in all different stripes. There are people who want a writing coach and they've never written anything. They really don't have, they have a generalized idea, well, I want to write the stories of my life, or I want to write about the legacy of my family. But they've never really written before. It doesn't mean they haven't written before in their business or in their other parts of their life, but they've never written something for more popular consumption. Whoever you hired have a, a distinct and definitive process. Because the process is what ultimately is going to help you set goals and meet those goals. And effective coaches are going to help you make progress, right? And so if you understand their process and you realize each week there's going to be something specific that the coach is going to help you work on and then you're going to go work on it on your own, then by virtue of that, you're going to make progress. And that's what you want from a coach. You don't want to be stuck in the same place where you started. You want to have achieved something. Otherwise, it's a total waste of your time and your money. We like to limit our coaching engagements to 90 days. And why is that? We tend to do renewable 90-day projects because that gives the coach and also the writer an opportunity to set some new goals or say, I'm done for now. I, I think, and we have, we have exceptions. We have people that we've coached for over a year, and those are great coaching engagements. But in general, I think as a writer, if you're evaluating a coach, I would start with a 90-day segment and to see if, if you're actually making progress. The other thing that I think that you should expect from a coach is a genuine curiosity and the ability to dig deep and probe you for, for your ideas. Because if that person isn't really curious, if that coach isn't curious and doesn't read between the lines and ask the right questions, then that coach isn't going to encourage you to think more deeply. 
curiosity is one of the great traits of, a, of an effective writing coach. You want that writing coach to tease out of you great ideas, to help sharpen your idea, to help you think of things that you've never thought before. If your writing coach isn't doing that for you, it's probably not helping you make the kind of progress that you want to make. Back to that 90-day segment that we usually work with writers on, even within those 90 days, we have mini goals each week, and we've already been alluding to that. But I think that that's also an important thing to look for in a coach is how are they going to break down the big objective for the 90 days into manageable parts. And so I think a good coach will have the big view in mind, but also the small steps in between to help you reach that goal. Otherwise, you're like, I have to write a book, which, you know, we have been working with an author on for the past year. And that's a lot. But we broke it down into 90-day segments. And we would accomplish, you know, one chapter or two chapters. But we would break it down without looking at the whole book. And that is really an effective way to do things. It's the only way to write a book or else it ends up being something you never accomplish because it's not measurable. It's just this generalized, I'd like to write a book someday. And a good coach will break that down into manageable chunks and help you achieve it. So Dave, you talked about how there are the cheerleader coaches and then the real editorial-based cheerleaders. And I do want to say that you do need a coach who believes in you and does give you encouragement. Else, that would be a total downer to go to every coaching <laughs> session where they're like, this is not good. This is not good. You need to work on this. I think you need to, <laughs> you need to balance that real thoughtful and strategic feedback with, with the feedback that you're doing great in this area. I, you want a coach who can see what you're doing well as well. <laughs> At the end of the day, if you have a coach who doesn't believe in you, so that rah-rah, that cheerleader piece is important. It's just that if you have a coach and that's all he or she is able to do for you and doesn't have that editorial expertise, then it's just cheerleading. There are always strengths within a writer's writing, and it's just what can you build on from there to make your writing even better. And sometimes you just don't have the strategies or the skills or the understanding of what you need to accomplish, and a coach can really help you do that. Why don't we turn to the very specific things that a writing coach can help with? Why don't we focus on that? So the first thing that coaches can help you with, not the first thing, but it's why are you writing your book or why are you writing your article? What is the purpose? And what are the different purposes for people writing a book? I was just talking to somebody who popped into our office the other day. And he's now in his mid-60s and has been an executive his entire life and now has some time. And he wants to write stories about his life growing up. And he's doing it for legacy reasons. So this writing is not going to appear in the New York Times or in the bestseller list. Or I don't think he even wants to get it published. But he wants to put it in some book form. So knowing why he's doing what he's doing and the motivation behind it is really important as a coach, I think, because you're not trying to steer him or her to like publish or you just understand the why. It is so important. Many of us have different reasons. We want to influence people. We want to contribute to our industry. We want to serve other people. I mean, that, the why is really the missional piece, don't you think, yeah, the passion? It really is, and I think it helps the, the coach frame their coaching. So, for instance, the man that you're talking about, 
you don't necessarily need a publicity hook or you don't need a, a hook into the current culture, milieu. right? Milieu. Yeah. yeah. Social milieu. If yeah. it's for his family, it's for his family. And it, That's do- right. it doesn't necessarily even maybe need to have like a thesis in the sense that we like to think of it. I think it would be better if it had a thesis, but it's, it's, a, it's a different process. And I would argue that sometimes your why morphs during your time Ooh. with your coach. I'm, we've worked with some people who set out to publish a book just because it's always been a dream to publish a book. And they have this idea of what it means to have a book out in the world and to be a published author and to have books on Amazon or maybe at Barnes and Noble. And it's a real ego-driven thing or maybe a, a dream manifestation thing. And then they start to write the book and maybe it doesn't go quite how they were expecting. They don't get the literary agent. They don't get into a publisher right away. And then they realize, I need to write this book because what I want to say is so important. I can't not write it. So I would would say that as you're working with a coach, they're going to walk through that process with you, right? So if your goal is to get it published and that's where you start out, they're going to walk with you with that and give you the tools necessary to to make that happen. But you may then begin to rethink your your goal for writing the book. And that's going to, I think, deepen the relationship with your coach and the feedback that they give you and how they, they, they motivate you, right? Because there may be something deeper there motivating you to write the book and the coach is going to tap into that, especially when it gets hard. And I think that's essential because it is going to get hard. Writing yeah. is hard work. And learning to play the guitar well is hard work. Whatever it is that you're doing is hard work. So understanding the why, I love what you just said, this idea that I'm writing the book because I must write this. That to me is arguably some of the most deep motivation. And and I think it's one of those things that you will have to tap back into once you hit these different walls, these different milestones to right. keep going. The other thing that a coach can help you with is identifying your target audience. And when we coach writers, this is one of the singular most difficult thing for people to really wrap their mind around because they want to go general rather than specific. And you really have to know in your mind, what is that person who's reading your book? What, what do they think? What do they need to hear? What do they look like? What worldview do they possess? Because if you don't have that in your mind, it's just going to be this generalist book and it's not going to be really appealing to any sort of publisher. A good example of this, let's say that you're a professional and you've written for your professional community for your life, but now you want to write a more popular book. Well, that's a different audience. That means you have to think differently. That means something that you default to, that you're normally able to write to that audience This new audience is a lot different. They might not know jargon. They might not know certain things. An effective coach will will give you tools to identify and focus on your target audience. Yeah, we were just working with a writer recently who comes from an academic setting, and most of his writing has been in the academic world. And so, as we all know, academic writing is quoting a bunch of sources and nodding your head to the grades, and somehow your voice just becomes buried in all of that, it right? Does. It and does. it's not personal. And this gentleman is trying to make, write a more popular book, and still the writing has been a really dense academic writing. And so as we've been coaching this person, we've been asking, who is your audience? Is it more of an academic audience? And really, it's not this popular audience that you think it is. 
And you really have to grapple with that. But a coach is able to ask those hard questions and say, you say this is your target audience, but this is your writing and this is what your voice is. Is your target audience really this? And it's okay if your target audience is the academic community. But if you think that you're writing a popular book and you're writing for that academic community, there's this disconnect and you'll have, a, you'll have difficulty all along the writing and publishing journey. Identifying your target audience also really helps you to determine what voice you're going to use, right? Is it more formal, not even academic, but is it more formal? Is it more casual? It, it just really helps you identify how you're going to deliver the book. We use this phrase, memoir as writing style. That is a specific style of writing that uses a lot of the first person pronoun I. So you tell personal stories and it has, it's a little more winsome. It's a little more playful. It's a little more maybe emotional. Would yeah. you say that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so if you are writing a nonfiction book, for example, and you want to appeal to a popular audience, you'll struggle if you're writing more of a stilted third person and, and you don't reveal much of yourself. It's just more difficult to write those types of books. Another thing that a writing coach can help you with is just sharpening your idea or taking your ideas and helping you determine what is the best idea for this writing that you want to get done. And then from there, help you determine how to create a thesis, a very specific thesis around your idea. And that's something that a lot of people don't have a lot of experience with. They don't know what a thesis is. They don't know how to make it specific and, and they don't know if it's interesting. And so a book coach should really help you be able to translate your idea into a thesis, which is what guides your book and even the structure. It is, fun, is foundational. And this is where editorial expertise comes in. You must have a writing coach that understands thesis, whether it's for article writing, white paper writing, book writing, even curriculum, arguably, you, you have an idea, a governing or big idea that dictates what goes in that project or doesn't go in that project. And still another aspect is structure. Structure arguably is almost more difficult than the thesis statement. How do you structure this article? How do you structure this book? What goes first? What goes second? How does it flow? That is just murder if you're a writer. And so you want a coach who has experience in understanding what the different kinds of structures are. There's a, a book, a thesis can be structured in different ways, many different ways. When we talk about structure, we talk about movements and we talk about the narrative arc. But within that, we talk about there's the inductive approach where you your first couple chapters argue your thesis, and then the rest of the book is, or introduce your thesis, and the rest of the book is either approving it, applying it in some way. And so each of the chapters fall in line in that way. Another way would be where you have the narrative arc where the, you don't really reveal the full idea until the end of the book. That's a whole nother, it's more difficult to write that book, really by difficult. the way. Yeah, it's very <laughs> difficult. But you're maintaining tension throughout the, way, the book. An effective coach will help you with structure. They'll also help you with writing goals. And this isn't necessarily get up and spend two hours on Monday writing and then another couple hours on Tuesday. It's not that necessarily those kind of goals, but maybe that's what you need. And you'll set that up in your agreement from the get-go. But 
a coach will help you achieve goals by by assigning certain activities or certain things that you need to achieve within the time before you meet next. Still another is the idea of positioning your book, which includes pitching agents or publishers. And so a, the positioning of your book is always tied to something current, right? Current events. And so if you're trying to pitch an agent, your book needs to tie into something that's happening. Right now, there's the war in, in Ukraine. And, and so is there some tie-in to the topic of, of the war? To that point, Dave, I read an article on Longreads, and it was written about the first Ukrainian people to immigrate, to actually escape from Russia to the United States. And this happened, I think, in the 1940s. But the reason why they published it, I believe, is because of the current interest in the Ukraine. So that's a good example of how something that you're working on, if it has a tie to the current cultural climate, there's, there's more of an in with a literary agent or even a publisher and even what happens after the book is published. Another specific area is how to develop your social media platform or platform. And so you may need a different type of coach for this, but often you can get a writing coach who also has expertise in, okay, so especially if this person is helping you with a book proposal, this person would know then what your social media platform is or your channels for marketing the book. For example, we're working with an author right now who isn't big on social media, but is connected into this community, this really cottage industry that will help him promote and sell his book. So he landed a publisher based on that. So in the book proposal process, when we coached him, we worked specifically to tease that to the surface to help him make sure that the the age it was actually not an agent it was a was an editor at a publishing house knew exactly what his platform was that's what publishers literary agents are looking for is that platform but then there's this whole other phase of the the publishing and that is promoting your work once it's out in the world. And a writing coach can help you with that also because there may be extra writing that you have to do. In fact, there probably will be extra writing that you need to do once your book is promoted. There are going, there are going to be probably speaking engagements that you have to set up. There are a whole host of promotional activities that you'll need to engage in once your book is out in the world. And a coach will help you prioritize what to do first and what to do second and what isn't worth your time because they understand the, the environment of publishing. An effective coach has that specific expertise to help you with those specific needs that you have as a writer. And I think you set out early on in your process, certainly when you engage this person, what it is that you actually need. And you start there. And let me just add this little nugget is that a good coach will always help you deal with those demons inside of you that say, I can't write or why am I doing this? Because those crop up no matter what you're working on specifically, a, a deliverable, whether it's a book proposal or a, a chapter or promotional plan, you always have those doubts inside. And a coach is going to help you understand why you're having those doubts and also remind you of why you're writing the book and what your strengths are and help you to move past that. I would argue that's foundational because it is something we all struggle with. No matter how long you've written, how many things you've written, 
that imposter syndrome, the doubts, it comes up every time you start to work on a project. I should say this, it comes every time I start to work on a project. And I have written so much through the years. And uh, it's and so a good coach really understands that in a really deep way and doesn't dismiss it, but doesn't allow you to use that as an excuse either. So let's talk about the difference between one-on-one coaching and group coaching. What would you say the biggest difference is there, Dave? The difference between one-on-one coaching or a cohort or group coaching is that it tends to be more topical. And so it's not as customized and as tailored for you specifically. And so it can be driven by like a Q&A session, which is something that we do in our road trippers, our, our weekly road trippers that we do, where writers ask questions of the coach. Maybe they talk about progress that they've made. And there's this kind of group learning that happens by listening to others ask questions or by listening to others who are on a similar journey or maybe just a farther ahead on the journey. And there's this learning that happens as a group. So Individual would be obviously, individual coaching would be more tailored, more customized to your specific need. I think of my time at Orange Theory Fitness, and they have a coach there. And say you're on the floor doing floor exercises, you're lifting weights, or you're using the TRX bands, and every once in a while, the coach will go up to somebody beside me and say, hey, your form is wrong. And I look to the side, I'm like, oh yeah, my form is wrong also. And so I learn passively by watching what she's doing with the person next to me. And sometimes she'll come up and say, hey, you need to do this. So there's some of that, right, in group coaching. You get the specific, but lots of time you're just learning because of what the coach is saying to somebody else. So I I think that that, because of that group environment, it does tend to be cheaper. My guess is that Orange Theory, what you're paying per session is a lot less than if you were having one-on-one coaching. Absolutely, absolutely. So I I think the cost differential is, is, is significant. And I think each one is different. And you might need specific coaching for a certain term. And you might say, you know what, I can benefit from more generalized coaching in a group environment. I'd like to learn and be in community with. So if community is something you want, you want to be on a journey with others like you, then you should do more of a cohort coaching model. Yeah, because there really is something wonderful and dynamic that happens when you're with people who are struggling with the same things you're struggling with or have been through what you're struggling with. And can listen and encourage you. There's really something wonderful about that. So let's wrap this thing up with when coaching doesn't work or when either a coach isn't a good fit or when coaching just isn't a good fit for you. So what would what would that be? I think the first and most obvious one is when you don't fully vet your coach. You just go online, say, oh, this these people have, you know, coaching offering. I, I'll just sign up, right? You You want to to look at the coach that they're they're proposing assigning to you. You want to look at what their philosophy is. You want to see if they have any case studies or testimonials from other people with whom they've worked. You want to do your research. And then as we alluded to already, you want to have some sort of face-to-face, whether it's on, in Zoom or in person, just to have a, an opening session to interview them, right? I mean, if you're going to be paying this money to this person for a duration, and it's usually a big chunk of money, then you need to Really see if it's a good fit, if there's chemistry there, if you feel like they understand what your goals are, and if they have a process that will work for you. I think chemistry is key. And part of chemistry is this intuition that you get, that they, quote, get you. They get the idea. 
and you'll you'll find this out through the questions they ask. If they if they are not curious, back to your point earlier, if they are simply not curious in the upfront vetting process, if your coach that you're seeking to to engage isn't curious about your idea, that's a good signal that the chemistry isn't there. Also, I would say you need to really understand if they're going to provide the feedback that you're looking for. If you're really looking for a rah-rah coach, then you need to see if that's their strategy or if they are more, a little bit tougher in their approach and are going to provide you real substantive feedback that may not always be easy to hear. And I think Dave and I would argue that that's the kind of feedback and that's the kind of coach that you want because that's the only way you're going to write something that's worth reading. I We worked with somebody, this was a while back, who went to a writing conference and had an engagement with a, a book coach, like it was a, a few hour session. And he said that the only thing that this this coach said was, you're a great writer. And that is not helpful at all. It was this person's first draft. It was a rough draft. He hadn't made any changes to it, but this coach basically said there was nothing for this person to work on. And I don't know one writer who doesn't have something to work on. Yeah, that, that was malpractice. You want somebody to be positive, say, hey, you are a great writer. This is encouraging. Tell me what your thesis is again, because I'm not really clear. So who is your audience? Because as I look at your writing, it feels like this is your audience. Is that correct? Just a few questions in that upfront vetting process will help you know whether or not this is a good fit. And it all goes back to this, you are paying good money for this relationship. You're paying good money for somebody to really help you make progress and produce something that is worth reading. And so the flip side of that is if you don't have time to commit to your writing at this point in your life, then you may not really want to hire a coach. So if you are going to hire a coach, then you need to be ready to commit to every exercise that they give you to putting in the work between sessions so that when you go back, you're actually making progress and you can work on something different. So if you're not at that point where you actually have the time to commit to writing, then it's going to be a complete waste of money. I think it's easy to externalize and say it's the coach's fault. But what you just said is so powerful. There are millions of people that want to write a book. Everybody wants to write a book or wants to become a writer. And the difference between those that do and those that don't is simply the people that do write. That's what they, they, they lay down words. And so a coach can't help you with that. Right. They can't lay down the words They for can't you. lay down the words. So you have to really say, I'm going to commit to this thing. And as hard as it is, and life gets in the way, right? Yeah. Kids get in the way. Spouses get in the way. Work jobs, gets job, yeah. spouse. Most people are not writing full time. Most people are not on a trust fund and all they can do is sit and write all day. Right. right. So we're all writing in the cracks of our lives. We're all trying to write in the white space of our lives. And so if you're not committed to doing that, then a coach can't really help you with right. that. The coaching also doesn't work when you're not willing to open up. I think that you have to go in with this mindset of, I'm going to be vulnerable, I'm going to share myself, I'm going to share my ideas, I'm going to share my struggles, I'm going to share where I'm stuck. But if you're not willing to do that, there's only so far that a coach can go with you. A corollary to that is if you're not actually open to feedback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a hard one, right? That's a hard one. And, and my goodness, we worked with authors who are not 
they are not open to it. And they lay down that first sentence, and that sentence is not going to change. Or they have this idea, and the idea doesn't change, no matter how much you help them as a coach. And if you are someone who cannot countenance that your writing needs improvement or not willing to accept it and work through all that emotion that happens, then a coach is just not for you. The most exciting and dynamic coaching relationships that I've had are those where the person being coached is a sponge. They listen, they take notes, <laughs> and they go and they actively work on those things that we have discussed and they come back and they actually have improved. It's because they value the feedback, they value what they're paying for. So if you just are paying lip service to this idea that you like feedback, but you really don't, then coaching probably isn't for you. And, and again, I, I think it's, it's okay to say coaching isn't for you. I don't think every writer needs a coach. I think we should maybe end with that, right? Yeah. If you're motivated, you're focused, you can write, you can lay down copy, not everybody needs a coach. But a coach is a good external, both an encourager and idea developer for a lot of people. It, yeah. helps, them, it helps them make progress and mark progress. In a, in a project that is hard to define. I think writing is just so hard to, you have this generalized goal, I want to write a book or I want to write articles for my business community or for my hobby. Like for you, you've written a lot in your area of uh, vintage. Right. A ton. You've written mm -hmm. a ton for these different publications. And, but you've been able to do it without a coach because you've been motivated to do it. You want to do it. You're driven to do it. So if someone like you doesn't need a coach, there are others who want to do that that maybe don't have the, the foundational skills or just but need that little bump. And that's what a coach right. can do. A coach can really help you make huge progress and help you, just like with working out, just help you take these huge leaps. And I think that's a good thing to note also is that a coach isn't forever. No, 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 no. <laughs> so it may seem like a lot of money for some people, and, and, and it is, but, and it might seem like a big commitment, but it's not going to be for the rest of your life. It really is somebody to help you get through a, a spot where you are just stuck, as we said before in the opening. So if you are stuck in any area, if you don't know, don't have clarity with how to proceed forward in a certain area, then you may actually start looking into a coach and how a coach might help you or look into a group coaching. All right, Dave, let's turn to our words of the episode. And mine is entrammeled, entrammeled, U-N-T-R-A-M-M-E-L-D. And I came across this word when I was reading this article about seaweed collection. <laughs> it came from this site called Goodreads, and I'm going to recommend it here. I've been recommending it to everyone that is interested in developing as a writer because it is a collection of long-form writing from all around the internet, and they take it from the Atlantic and the New Yorker and Outdoor Magazine, all these great publications that do long-form writing. And long-form writing is really different than short-form writing. So I've been doing a lot of reading on that site, and this came from an article on seaweed collecting, which I thought was fascinating because it talked about the social components of it, the art of it, and also how it became a way for women to carve out a niche in their world in the, in the mid-1800s. So Anyway, untrammeled, not, it means not deprived of freedom of action or expression, not restricted or hampered. So this came from this paragraph. 
She dedicated 14 years to British seaweeds, which remained a standard text of classification into the 20th century. Her devotion to seaweed is indisputable, but it's Gaddy's pleasure in shedding the constraints of femininity that shines off the page. To walk where you are walking makes you feel free, bold, joyous, monarch of all you survey, untrammeled, at ease, at home. So that is from that article. And what I love about reading long-form writing is, especially from these better publications, is that they do use vocabulary words so well. So mine today is wall-eyed. So I'm a big fan of Cormac McCarthy. Blood Meridian is something I read 25, 30 years ago, and I just love everything he does. He's such a dark writer, so you have to kind of get a taste for it. But if you listen to him, he has these short, crisp sentences. He gives this description of, of a man on this, uh, in this posse in probably the late 1800s. He was slightly wall-eyed. This is really an offensive term, and it's having eyes in which there is an abnormal amount of the white showing because of divergent strabismus. So Cormac McCarthy is using this kind of in an offensive way, but he was slightly wall-eyed. What I like about it, I'm reading your definition that you have here, and it's marked by excited or agitated staring of the eyes, as in fear, rage, or frenzy. So you wonder if McCarthy was using it in that more metaphorical underlying sense. As opposed to a more of a offensive pejorative sense. Right. And if he would have said his eyes were full of rage, that wouldn't have been as interesting as he had slightly wall-eyed. He was slightly wall-eyed. It's just a great use of the English language. And I don't know how McCarthy does this because he does this throughout that book, that 300-page book or 250-page book. He uses these words where sometimes you go, where did he get that word? You have to look it up and you go, yep, that's the perfect word for the setting. Perfect. (laughs) There's nothing like great writing that pushes you to have to go and look up words. And sometimes there's overwriting. But man, if you're reading the kind of writing that makes you have to look up a vocabulary word, that means you're reading at a level above you, which is a really good thing. It helps you improve your writing. And I think that sometimes people use those lesser known words because of their connotative value or even their assonance. I know that's a word that you were talking with me about. They, they use it because of the way it flows within an actual sentence. And so, yeah, they're going to risk that you don't know it, but because it makes the sentence beautiful, they may use it anyway because it, it, it works best in the sentence. We always say if you want to aspire to become a better writer, you need to read and you need to read writing that is above where you normally would read. If it's pushing you to look up a vocab word, it's probably at that level. Well, Dave, I think we're done for today. That was a meaty episode. I hope some people really were able to think about whether or not engaging a coach is right for them. There's a lot of us that need coaches. It helps us mark progress, and it's a great way to really take the next leap forward in your writing. So we hope that you make some progress this week. I'm Melissa Parks. And I'm Dave Getz. Now buckle up and write. (laughs) 